0: What's up sports fans, this your boy J. Lou, and welcome to the Pure to the Game Sports Podcast. The baddest sports podcast in the land. I didn't come along, I came with two of the baddest co-hosts in the land. To my left, I got my boy Hugh. To the right, I got my girl Monique. And we're here to bring y'all the hottest sports and entertainment topics of the day. So are y'all ready? I say are y'all ready to come join the Pure to the Game family. As the spirit of the game versus everybody. Let's go.
1: Hey, 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 welcome to Spirit of the Game, your most awesome sports podcast ever. You got me, Mo, then my homies, Jay and Hugh, bring you all the sports news. So today we got a good show for y'all. But first fellas, how y'all been? Jay?
0: I've been all right. Busy, busy as ever. Trying to fit in sports, work. Like I said, I just got a new little side gig, working for less. So doing that, then working my full-time job. And then you know making sure my daughter get back and forth to her first year of college. So it's, I mean, it's been kind of swamped, but it's, it's been cool. I can't complain, really. Can't complain. Everything's been straight. Sports been pretty good these, well, football, I should say, been pretty good these first, uh, first few weeks of the season. So yeah, I've been, I've been all right. All right. Hugh? Everything's been good.
2: Um, I told you before I've been on the man at the job for like six months almost now, so that ain't really no effect. I just do what I do, but um just, you know, enjoying putting the stuff and the topics on our peer to the game page. Whenever y'all get a chance, check out our website on Facebook, Peer to the Game. Definitely if you're a baseball fan, I try to get in depth on baseball. Whatever's coming out, whatever news it feels like, it's legit to be on that page. So, yeah, I'd like for y'all to check that out when you can. And besides that, just, you know, I had a good time hanging out with you guys
1: today. Word, word.
0: How yeah, you, how you so, been,
1: bro? How you been? Oh, I mean, it's all right. You know, my birthday in two days. And, um, uh, I did have right. a city experience at this thing I did last week for it at the Gamers Gallery. I don't I recommend don't go. Is I mean it was only ten dollars. It it was so uh like I was angry. I wanna to apologize to anybody that came out. Like the one fun thing was the the football pool. I mean the foot pool but it was like soccer pool they should call it, but everything else, like the karaoke, they didn't have a microphone. Wow, then, they had no snacks. Like, they already don't serve alcohol or have, like, hot food. But all they had was, like, five bags of, look, you know, the little bag of popcorn and some Better Maze. They, they had, like, three bottles of water and Gatorade. Like, come on now. Like, y'all need to really get it together. Uh-huh. And it's black on. Oh, I try and support, but look, you won't get me back at all. And nobody I came with is willing to to come back. So, like, they really need to get it together. But following was fun. Kicked me and my sister kicked ass. So, but yeah. So let's get into these topics. We got we got a good show for y'all today. We got the NFL, of course, because it's football season. We talking about week the week two. We'll give y'all a week two review and give y'all our best players and teams. We'll talk about the week three preview and of the most anticipated game. We'll talk about Josh Gordon's trade to the Patriots. How, is that a good look? Was that a smart move? Um, Stephen A. Smith says no. We'll talk about Vontae Davis, <laughs> this guy who retired at halftime. That's why you, you get to work in that lunch like, I'm not coming back. I'm done. It's not in me no more. I
0: can't. <laughs> I've seen Brown it before. Antonio
1: Brown responds to tweets about him and, uh, are the Steelers in trouble? We'll, we'll talk about that. Then we can't leave the college boys out, the future NFLers. Um we'll talk about the best games of week three. We'll give you a week four preview. We'll talk about early Heisman candidates. We know it's only three weeks in, but who's looking like they're about to get that trophy? And then after three weeks, what's the best conference? We'll talk about Hugh's favorite, baseball, and talk about the Baltimore Orioles on their way to breaking the St. Louis Browns' 1939 record. What record is that? you got to say it. Stay around and listen to see what study is. is. is it good or bad? Mm-hmm. Then we're gonna talk about boxing, Triple G versus Canelo Alvarez, who won? But did he really win? Was was Triple G cheated? Then we're gonna talk about this new segment called WTF. And male athletes and their feminist fashion choices.
0: What what's really
1: going on? What's What's the deal? Like, what's really happening? <laughs> so, week two review, fellas. My review is, I don't like that the, the attackers had a, uh, tie. You play until somebody wins. What's a tie? You know, like, that's, that's uh, a I BS. I, I don't, I, I don't know. It should be a win. Green Bay won. Like that's it. That should be. That should be all. It was saying. So, yeah, Hugh, Hugh, what, what's your who your best player in team? What do you think of week two?
2: Man, um, my best player. Um, it really hurts me to say this right now because it was against my team, but they, you know, really whooped on them. Um, I would have to say the best player right now, or my player of the week, would have to be. Blake Bortles. It's like, was it mostly Blake Bortles, or was it how atrocious that defense is right now, because Blake put up 374 yards on them, and he threw four touchdowns, and I was just really surprised in that, because I knew that they were kind of bad last week, but it's like, that's kind of reflecting of what happened in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, that made me kind of worried right there and, you know, to see how less productive they were. But, yeah, I definitely have to give Blake Bordeaux his props. It was a whole team effort, but to really see how he came out of performed in that type of game, it really was a game for them. I felt like they had to prove a point because we've heard it throughout the week, and I know y'all heard about it and kind of brushed it off a little bit when we heard about that being a revenge game and going into Jacksonville. I'm hearing that, and I'm like, I don't think it's a revenge game. I just think they want to take care of business, and they did that and then some. Got to the point where you heard a lot of melee on the um, sideline. You seen Josh McDaniels get into the team and Tom Brady chiming in, and it got to the point where they did some interesting things, uncharacteristic of them as of late, but yeah, this was really surprising how well he played and how he stood up in adversity. So yeah,
1: if I have to
2: say that's definitely my player of the week and as much as I don't like to say it, he shined and he looked really good. And that probably to me, and I know I heard Chris Sims say it too, was the best game that he's performed right now as a professional. You know, that has to be his best game and if he could continue that and play, as good as he did right now in that game, I could see them definitely coming out the AFC as the Super Bowl favorites. That's just my opinion. And I know hmm. that New England usually get to the point where, and me and Jay, you talked about this when we had lunch today, and that's one thing we're used to right now as Patriots fans. I said, well, if you want to beat them, you got to beat them in the first four weeks of the season. You know, that's when you really can punch them in the mouth, where they try to make their adjustments and they try to step their games up. But if you get them five and on, then you might have a problem. So this is a good time to get them because it seems like they're always vulnerable at this time for some reason. I
1: don't know. All right. right um uh, Well, you know, the. To- the Pats might not start good, but they finished excellently.
0: Yeah. Uh, In the Super Jay, right? <laughs> <Nice. laughs> Jay. Um. Well, I mean, it was it was a lot of pretty good games uh, this week. Um. One one game at performance just uh, stood out to me, man, and it's it's crazy <laughs> because. People don't really look at, look at what a person does, like when a, when they have like a real high scoring game. They'd be like, man, what a defense was that, you know, that type of deal or whatever. But, um, this was just ridiculous to me. Like looking at, um, these stats, man, Patrick Mahomes is my player of the week. Like, perfect. <laughs> I was thinking, I was, I was looking at, uh, at Fitz, at, uh, Fitzpatrick. You know, he had a great game over there with the Bucks and like, who would have thought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would have been 2-0 right now? Especially with, you know, supposedly that star quarterback suspended for, you know, the first four games, uh, Jameis Winston. He might be coming back to hold a clipboard on the side of the, you know, <laughs> side, on the sideline. Because of what uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has been doing um, these first two weeks of the, of the season, the first week he torched the the Saints uh, in New Orleans, I think I think it was in New Orleans, and then this week mm-hmm. he go and you know what I'm saying bomb on the uh, the Eagles, uh, defend the defending Super Bowl champ. So I was looking at that, I'm like, dang, he threw four touchdowns, he had only one pick, threw for About what, about 400 yards? I'm like, wow. Then I look over. Ridiculous. Yeah. So I look over to Patrick Mahomes, and I'm like, whoa. And this is his first year starting. So he's pretty much like a a semi-rookie. And he throws for 326 yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Those were six I mean, touchdowns, touchdowns. Six touchdowns. Six. <laughs> six touchdowns, man. So that's I mean, that's impressive. I mean, their defense gave up 37. Uh, they they were up like twenty-one nothing um in the first quarter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh the Steelers, you know, Big Ben that got it going. But uh Mahomes just, man, he just torched. I mean, he just looking like that. That Kansas City offense, uh, me and you had talked about it earlier, Hugh. We were saying if they mm-hmm. had a better defense, they, they would be the best team in the NFL right now. Yep. Like, like hands down. Because that that offense is untouchable right now. Like, it's going to be, you know what I'm saying, hell on earth to try to stop that offense for a team, you know, for four four straight quarters just to to just, you know, just nail them down to the ground and just they can't get nothing. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be tough. So that's that's my player of the week. And uh I just wanted to throw um a game of the weekend. Monique gonna be mad, but the the Vikings, the Vikings and the Packers. And I do I do agree with her. There should never be a tie in professional sports. Ever. You look at all these sports besides what soccer, like <laughs> and soccer. They have, you know, ties, but they still get, like, points or whatever for it. And um the NFL – I mean, the NHL did away with ties, too, because I think they had, like, ties, you know, after the shootout. I think it was, like, a tie. You still got points or something like that. But they got shootouts yeah. now. You know what I'm saying? You just don't get as many points for for a shootout win. But the NBA doesn't have it. College basketball, college football doesn't have ties. And I love the college football system because, you know, they give each team a possession. And, you know, if I score and you don't score, or if I score more points than you, you do, like, if I, if you kick a field goal then I come back with a touchdown, like, game over then. You know, both of us got a shot at it. You only got this. But the NFL is almost like with the sudden death thing, but they changed it a little bit. Like, they have – um, and they start the overtime period, and the first team who gets the ball if they score a touchdown. The game is over. But if they only kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance. I just I, that's weird. That, this is kind of stupid. And then they play the 15 minutes, and then the 15 minutes is done, and nobody scores. It's a tie. And the first two weeks we had two ties: the Steelers and Browns tied the first week. And now the Packers and the Vikings tied in second week. Like, it's, it's, just, it's weird. And that was a great game. Like, it was a great game. You know, two division rivals going at it. You know, it, it was great. And it should not have ended in a tie. But, I mean, even with that, it was an awesome game. So that was like my game of the week.
2: Yeah, it was great to see, man. And even though it ended up in a tie, and I don't ever think it's professional sport, definitely in the NFL. they supposed to be the ground setters, man. You know, it ain't like the college supposed to be the ground setters, man, because I know a lot of the stuff in the NBA was emulated by them, man. I mean, uh, NFL, I'm sorry. Let me correct myself. I've noticed that um, the way the college kids did their sudden death and how they did their, you know, games and how they decided who won in overtimes, the NFL picked that up in the two-point conversions and stuff. And you thinking that the NFL would be the trendsetters, man, that you think they'd be definitely doing a better job That's a professional sport. They're the only ones
0: who don't have it. Right. Right. That's stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> I, I mean, what you, what you say your reaction was? When you, <laughs> that was so <laughs> that funny.
1: <laughs> That was some bull. It should have been Green Bay wins. No nah,
2: man. That should have
1: been <laughs> and, but no, they gotta have a tie. Like I'm that's a bull. Like that Green Bay. It shouldn't have been no. It shouldn't be tied. Like we trying, we trying to get, you know what I'm saying? Like ten to sixteen, we trying to get eleven to five. And this, how we, well, what our, what's our record if we got a tie? So they get a, a half of win, you know what I'm saying? Like it's what? What the Christmas tree is that? You yeah, like got wins and losses. You don't have a category of, of, a thing for ties. It's wins, losses. That's it. Wins and losses. So they and both is, lose or they both win.
2: Is not the Steelers' record the same as the um Cleveland too? Zero, um yeah. one and one?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. That's crazy. What, what's What? thing how you get three. Is it a win or a loss? Players yeah. say you got a win or a loss. Yeah. It makes no sense. And that's it's stupid.
0: A, and it's a, a professional sport. Right. Like, when you, like, you have a in a professional sport? That's returning. And, and that's
1: player,
0: crazy. Players say that they're getting
2: trouble. You don't know
1: Like, how would you get in trouble playing the <laughs> That's crazy. Well on to the next All right. So we reviewed week two. Let's preview week three. So what's your most anticipated match game that's coming up? And what you think about any uh yeah, what's your most anticipated match, uh
0: Jay? Well for me it's uh it's two of them. I got I got two. Um I got the the Lions and the Patriots. That that's kinda... wait, okay. Real quick.
1: I was just about to say in my head I was thinking, don't say the Lions and the Patriots. See that's just that's just about to be a blowout. <laughs> it's definitely no
0: need
1: to uh the <laughs> oh unless you I mean you you I I don't unless you just like to see the Lions lose. Then I mean, yeah, <laughs> but, like, that shouldn't mean, that's just mean. Like, you, I can't wait to see them get their ass kicked. Like, that's mean, guys. Yeah. Like, you, you never know. know. Look, oh, I know please. Tom Brady retired if he loses to the Lions. Look. I know he said he, he ain't going to take, a goat he he ain't gonna take them lightly. cat. <laughs> if a goat get beat by a pussycat. He might as well just go. He might as well come on out that mountain, go to the pet zoo, or go start go start doing goat yoga, because goats don't get beat by pussy cat, by kittens. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, I just had to say that. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I'm. A, I'm gonna I'm go with the Patriots and Lions, o- only because the um the the whole Matt Patricia, you know, Bill Belichick thing, uh, that type of deal and see how, I guess the Lions play against the Patriots, um, with, with a former coach, that type of deal. So it's, it's intriguing. It's one of the most intriguing matchups in Sunday night football. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be kind of, you know, Hello? I mean, it's going to be must see TV. Uh, even, even if the Lions do get blue off, off the uh, television set, which, uh, which probably end up happening, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we, we still gotta see it, you know. But, um, the, the second matchup is, is really gonna be interesting because, well, I mean, we're gonna be getting more in depth into them, uh, later, but the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. going to Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football. Now, the Steelers are – they don't look good. They they really don't, man. They just look, don't look there. And like I said, we're going to talk about them in a few. But um, the Buccaneers have been looking great. Like I just said earlier, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I, let's see what he do against this. It will be another four or five touchdown game for him? And if that happens, they going to blow Pittsburgh out the water. You know, Pittsburgh defense ain't been looking good enough. So – those, those are my two, um most, uh, matchups this, this week, uh, in the NFL. That, that's what I'm mostly looking forward to to see. Cause I, I hate to see Pittsburgh, like, look the way they've been looking these past couple weeks. I mean, just to, I was, uh, joking with somebody the other day. They, um, when they said, hey, didn't they, uh, didn't they tie with the Browns in week one? I was like, yeah, that was like that. That's a loss. <laughs> like. They might as well just be on 2 right now, you know? So, hey we we'll, well, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I, I think, I think Tampa Bay gonna, gonna crackle I really do.
1: All right, uh,
2: Hugh? Yeah, I'm gonna start off with that game. The still some Buccaneers due to the fact that there's a lot of trouble in paradise right now. They're going 0-1-1. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in Pittsburgh right now, you know, and uh, we've definitely heard about it. We're going to get more in depth with it. But more or less to see how Antonio Brown and Ben clicks in this game. But more or less, I want to see the combination as surprising as a lot of people might think it may be of uh, Deshaun Jackson and Amos Fiscal, a.k.a. Lion Fitzpatrick. I definitely am interested in this because they've been on a whole new level. And if people aren't aware of it right now, Deshaun Jackson um, tied the record for the most 60-plus yard games with J- legendary Jerry Rice. I just can't say his name when I put legendary. That's huge. That's a huge accomplishment. And I definitely think he's going to break it this week because they came off swinging like that. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw the first touchdown for like 70 yards in the game. So, yeah, I definitely think that record is going to be breaking. And uh, when he break that record, Sean Jackson will be on the top. That was an interesting thing I wasn't even aware of. But in the other game, too, I definitely wanted to see – the um the battle of the defenses, you know, um I want to see the Broncos and the Ravens. I know uh, Chase Um Keenum hasn't been as sharp as people thought that he would be, but I do want to see how that defense stands up against Joe Flacco and his new supposedly arsenal. Because when the Bengals came out and rocked them the way they did, they have something to prove too. So. Those are gonna be two huge games that I'm gonna be anticipating.
1: All right. So let me ask y'all just throw some games out there. And since we will just and it's it's so weird, our all our brains are like in the same area right now. Because you just said the Bengals and I was just looking like we're gonna talk about this guy later because his fashion choices, the Panthers. So, who, <laughs> so, I guess that's a sign, and I should ask y'all about this game. What y'all think about the Panthers Bengals game? Who you think will come out on top? The robe wearer or the, or the Bengals?
0: <laughs> Jay? I, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Cincy. I'm going to just go with Cincy. I just think, I think they're going to, uh, I don't know how how much there Cam is gonna be uh mentally. Because I Hugh, did you see that hit he took? Yeah, it was vicious. He took like a late hit in the game last yeah. week. And they kind of jacked him up. Like he was he was real upset about it. Um I mean I, a given because uh, that was just, that, that was terrible, but you know sometimes I can kind of mess with you a little bit, and who's to say he didn't try to? He didn't have like a mild concussion or I mean I know they do the whole concussion protocol and stuff, but who's to say he's like he's going to be at like a hundred percent there? And that de- that Bengals defense has been looking pretty good these past two weeks, so uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals and they're um, let's see okay, they're in Carolina so, I mean Carolina is minus three uh, yeah, yeah I'm going to take the Bengals I'm going to take right. the Bengals uh, okay.
1: you, look, who you think who you going for? The
2: Panthers the Bengals. Oh well, I already saw that line up and seen that matchup. I knew for sure. Um after seeing what the Bengals did to the Ravens who yeah, is still there, yeah, yeah. regardless of what anybody say, the Ravens still have one of the best defenses in the NFL. And um to say that, everybody uh, counted them out, you know, they counted the Bengals out last Thursday, thinking, Oh, they were just gonna walk all over them and Man, you gotta give a lot of credit to Andy Dalton. man. He really stepped his game up. If you told me that he was on a waiver wire and I'm playing fantasy football, I'm gonna say, hell no, I'm not picking that guy up. Are you crazy? <laughs> now, I would pick him up in a heartbeat because he has less mistakes. His interceptions are down, even though it's two games, it's been two games so far. We might see his true colors come out, but he's been playing solid and that defense they paint those guys, and they're doing everything that's worth right now. I just hope they continue that trend because it seems like they always fade away from doing, big, like, bullheaded stuff and, like, petty things when it matters because recently they could have beat Pittsburgh and been in the playoffs, but their mental mistakes usually keep them back. But I think um, if they could just keep their mental mistakes in line and in check and Andy Dalton play the way he's been playing, I definitely have them. Um, I can even throw it this way. I know people might think I'm crazy. I would even take them as a, a touchdown favor if everything clicks in this game. I definitely have sense. It.
1: All right, one more game: the Super Bowl champion, the Eagles. Now that sounds weird, but <laughs> uh, this- oh man, the Eagles and the Colts. But, Hugh, what do you got?
2: I'm going to definitely go with the Eagles due to the fact that now um, after the loss to the Buccaneers, then I found out that uh, Carson Wentz definitely should be starting. Maybe he still got to, you know, get himself in the game um, play or just basically get himself in game shit. That's what I should have said. Um I don't know, though, you know, uh, when Carson Lentz plays, it just seems a little different, you know, and even though I feel like Nick Foles came in and he did a hell of a job when he was injured, I still don't feel like he is basically the guy who they want to give the keys to the Beamer to right now. So, yeah, I definitely feel like with him being back, I think everybody else will have a little more mojo. I think I got a lot of click and you know, uh, I'm not sure if Austin Jeffrey is going to play right now. But, yeah, I still feel like they'll have a better mood going into this game. And no disrespect, I don't really think the Colts is that great of a team. I won't take anything or get, take any credit from them. I was surprised as hell they beat the Redskins, you know. And for the Redskins, they're not really score cool after having such a good week one performance. But it's been a really wacky week one, week two. So I still have to go with just defensive loans. With the uh, Super Bowl champions because I just don't feel like the Colts having to take and they make a lot of ball mistakes and I just can't pick them right now. It's a gamble to go with them even though I feel like the offense played good. The defense is still a little shaky. So I'm going to go with the better all around team and they just better afraid of Jan Daddy play because that'll get them a little bit more firepower too on offense. But yeah, I got the Eagles.
0: Jay. Um, I'm gonna go with the Eagles as well. Um, I know Andrew Luck has he's been back. Andrew Luck has has he's been looking pretty good. He's he's been looking he's been looking okay. He's working this. Uh, he was just talking about Carson Wentz. Um, I have to work yourself back. You know, saying the game shape and you know the game speed, all this type of stuff, whatever, coming off a ACL injury. Um, but Andrew Luck. You know, it was coming off a throwing, uh, throwing shoulder injury. You know, his throwing shoulder was jacked up for a while. Like he missed all of last year. Um, like he, they, they, they was even talking about, he, he didn't even start throwing a ball until like what, like probably like the second week of training camp or something. So for yeah. him to have uh four touchdowns right now and uh almost five hundred yards passing pretty much five hundred yards passing. I mean he has three picks but um he's still working himself into it or whatever and the, the coach been looking okay but I agree with you. They're not that good of a football team right now. You know, but um the Eagles got a wake up call last week. And Carson Wentz, um I don't know if they mentioned if he'll be starting or whatever, but they said he was ready. He's ready to come back. And um start playing. So I don't know if they'll start, you know, Nick Foles this game, have Carson Wentz come in like the second half or something like that. But um but yeah, I'm I'm taking the Eagles. And they're at home too. They're gonna be pissed off. Mm-hmm. That defense gonna be mad. <laughs> they let Ryan Fitzpatrick throw for four touchdowns on like like they gonna be upset. Like Andrew Luck gonna have to take like like he they gonna take it out on him. And I feel sorry for him, but Hey, that's just that's just how I go, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the Eagles on this game.
1: All right, well we will see. So let's move on to this next topic. Okay. All right. So of course we still talking about the NFL and it's going on. So let's talk about Josh Gordon getting traded from the Cleveland Browns. To the New England Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, was this a good trade? And um, what do you, what impact do you think it'll have on the Patriots? You?
2: I think that the trade can either be good or bad. I think the reward could be great, but the risk is very risky right now in this whole situation. But when you look at it, they didn't really give up much. Because when I heard what it was, I said, okay, a fifth round draft pick. Okay, um, and it's unfortunate, but I think a lot of trade deadlines, somebody's going to be disappearing from New England. You know, I don't think it's going to be like a valued, super valued asset, but something that probably a team to be in need with to get one of those picks back. But it was like a fifth round pick and a uh, um, seventh round conditional pick. And, um,. I thought with that, I said, I didn't think it'd be that bad because they're not losing much. But yeah, as far as his performance, you know, we know he's a hella talent when his head's on straight. The problem with him is he's had a lot of the marijuana and alcohol, you know, put a, a strangle on his career. He's such a great player, you know, but it's just a lot of his troubles and his demons are coming out right now. And I was just really surprised that Cleveland Browns finally decided, okay, let's cut ties. Them. I thought they were going to cut ties on him by the trade deadline. But I just felt like they looked at it like he's a value asset who can help our team in the future. And I just didn't feel like they had enough faces now to deal with him. So that's why they cut him short the way they did. But I don't really feel like the Browns are getting enough out of it, you know. But if the Josh – Go ahead and experience. That's what we're going to call it right now. If that works out in England, which it has in the past, we've seen a lot of their trouble players and how well they perform. We can go down and listen if you want to. Rodney Harrison, you know, we've seen how good he played. You know, when he went there, won Super Bowls. Corey Dillon, Super Bowls. Randy, he was there. He smelled it. He damn near tasted it. Came up short, but, yeah. you know, they take risks on it trouble players, the Abbott Haynesworths, the Ocho Cinco's, you know. That's just what they do, you know. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it don't, you know. So I think that right now it's a good thing because they're struggling at the wide receiver position. I really didn't think it made sense for them to cut Jordan Matthews and Kenny Britton. They only had three receivers in Gronk. They looked at it like, and we, you and Jay talked about this today, they're too dependent on Gronk. And if you can get a player – it was a good cornerback or safety to, like, kind of cover him and make sure that they sandwich him and make sure he's not getting the possessions he deserves, he's going to struggle. And if he ain't doing good, they're going to lock down those intermediate routes. They're not going to be able to get nothing out of that. Everybody say Josh a one-trick pony, but if he can blow the defenses and run past them, people are going to respect him. They're going to respect Josh Gordon. So I think it's going to be a good asset. But only it depends on him. It's all up to the player now. All
0: right, uh, Jay. I I think I think this. I don't even know. I I can't really put it into words because I don't want to say it'll be a bad like like it's it's a bad trade.
1: Because, I mean, they they got
0: a potential, like, pro bowler, you know what I'm saying, for a fifth-round pick. So that in itself is good. That part is good. They got a very good receiver who can stretch the field, you know what I'm saying, stretch the defense. But the only thing is, let's just take – let's kind of take football out of the equation, son. Josh Gordon has a problem. Like and my thing is, is it addressed enough where he can focus on football? Because right now, you know, um, the Cleveland Browns said they were about to cut him because he came in looking like he was under the influence of something. So this after he took, well, pretty much all all of last year, he was he was like suspended. Um, he was banned from like didn't they banned him from the league or something. Why like, they yeah. suspended me from the league. Everything. Oh year, Yeah. So over the past couple years, I read a stat that said he he's only played 11 NFL games in about the last two years. You know how many playoff games Tom Brady has played over that time? 11. <laughs> playoff game. We're talking just playoffs. Playoff games. And win the Super Bowl in that space. So my thing is the Patriots organization can be getting a great player. But like Hugh said, you know, they took on the Randy Mosses, the Corey Dillers, those type of players or whatever. And they they had success with them. Let's see what they could do with this guy. Let, let, let's see. And like I said, first thing first, to me it's not football. It's about getting the person, Josh Gordon, focused and make sure he's okay because addiction is, is real. Like addiction is real. You know what I'm saying? The alcohol, the the um the substance abuse, that type of deal. Like that stuff is, is can has destroyed lives. And it's showing that it's destroying this guy's career. So let's see. You know what I'm saying? Houston, they put him by Brady. Let's see if that helps. I I hope it helps. You know, him being around some positive energy and people really, you know, let them know that we counting on you or whatever. But I just feel like it could be a a potential of it just wouldn't work out. So I'm going to say it's a good trade. Because if it doesn't work out, it just doesn't work out. You know what I'm saying? As long as the Patriots. They only gave up a fifth-round pick. They're not losing too much. Well, they're not really losing much like that. You know what I'm saying? A fifth-round pick. They're not losing much. But, you know, Josh Gordon is just, I mean, this is probably his last stop. This is his last stop, I feel, in the NFL. If he don't work on the Patriots, he's out of the league. Like it's, it's over. So I just, I just hope it works for them. So as far as a good trade, bad trade, I think it's, a, it's a great trade.
1: All right. Well, Josh, let's see if you can get together, um uh, under the, the watchful eye of Bill, 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 and Mr. Um, Brady. And the rest of that disciplined uh, team—they—they—they're not real happy with the way last season ended. So you gotta make sure you step your game up, brother. They ain't got time for no antics. So, moving on. All right. So, let's talk about Vontae Davis. Um, like, that's like the biggest thing in sports, despite what we were just talking about. And even the people that don't watch football, I can't believe that this dude went on his lunch and didn't come back. <laughs> A.K.A. played the first half and then was like, uh, nope, I'm not feeling this. I'm done. So what I want to do right now before we get to – Get you guys' opinion on it. I wanted to read to you part of what he said after he left the field. He went to um, Instagram, Instagram. no Twitter, Instagram and Twitter. This is from Twitter. um,
0: Okay. And
1: he made this statement: This isn't how I pictured retiring from the NFL. But in my tenth NFL season, I have been doing what my body has been programmed to do. You're ready to play on game day. I've endured multiple surgeries and played through many different injuries throughout my career. And over the last few weeks, this was the latest physical challenge. But today on the field, reality hit me fast and hard, and I shouldn't be out. Here. And I shouldn't be out there anymore. I in no disrespect to my teammates and coaches. But I told myself to, I hold myself to a standard. Mentally, I always expect myself to play at a high level, but physically, I know today that is impossible. And I had an honest moment with myself while I was on the field. I just didn't feel right, and I told the coaches, I'm not feeling like myself. I also wondered, do I want to keep sacrificing? And truthfully, I do not, because the season is long, And it's more important for me and my family to walk away healthy than to willfully embrace the warrior mentality and limp away too late. This was an overwhelming decision, but I'm at peace with myself and my family. I choose to be grateful to God for allowing me to play the game that I have loved as a boy until I turn 30 years old. I choose to be a Grateful to God for being part of the NFL and making lifelong friends over the last decade. There were roadblocks and pitfalls along the way, but I am grateful to God for all of it because He doesn't promise any of us an easy journey. That was from Vonte Davis on September 16th. So, um, I think I think you will have to. We'll put you on hold for a minute. So, Hugh, what you think of this?
2: I think, to be honest with you, the man's a thief. He comes into the NFL, and I think he had a pretty solid career. You know, I think when he went to the coast, that's where he had some of his better games. But I don't know what happened as far as the trade situation and how the contract was and whatnot, but you stole that money from the Buffalo Bill franchise. But one other thing I have to say in general, too, to you and James, what the hell is going on with the Buffalo Bill organization? Isn't that the second person who retired on them? Yeah. You know, when I look up at it and I think about it, they're going to say, I ain't even for y'all. You know, he, at least his didn't have as much of a sting. Because he decided before he even really stepped foot in the play games that he just was going to retire right then and there. You know, so it kind of softened the blow. But when you play a full half and decide, I'm not the player I used to be, I need to call it a quiz. What the hell is going on in Buffalo? Even though I feel like that was a cowardly move, I put that out there and I said it and people heard it many times before. But it's no honor in doing something like that. If you feel like you was gonna retire, he probably felt that way coming into the game then after the half, but still, as a man who gave the word and signed that NFL contract, you know what you was getting into. I know you're talking about your body and pains and your journey and everything. I respect that. But you could have played the other two quarters and just walked off into the sunset. I think people would have even respected you more than making that move than doing what you did. There was so honor in that and there was so honored thieves. And he a thief. And I just couldn't believe that. I was like, wow, I I thought it was a joke at first when I heard it. I never played professionally, but I played football, you know. And I never gave up on my team. But I feel like other guys who are in the NFL probably couldn't believe in either. They probably can respect the fact about him being hurt and being battered and bruised and still trying to play the game they love. But at the same time, that was your choice. And then to just give it all up right then and there at the halftime didn't even give your team a chance. I, I just can't believe it. I'm still shocked about that. But yeah, that man's a thief and I feel like it was very dishonorable probably one of the worst things. That's the worst spit in the face that you could ever do in a professional sport. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, that's, 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 that's just rude. Like, that. It's nothing else. It's rude. But, um, Jay?
0: You ready? Yeah. Just, I, you know, I, I'll start out by saying this. Now, I, I don't want to be too long. But um i was talking about saying we've all had jobs or things that we've done um over the years and you know they add up. Like I've I've been in the auto industry for uh for for years. You know, I worked at my last job for eleven, um been working for Ford for the last uh going on five years. So we talking, you know, just about 15, 16 years of my life, you know, <clears throat> and it causes wear and tear on the body. You know, you do a lot of physical work, stuff like that. So I understand, you know, it can beat you down mentally and physically. Football is the same way. You know what I'm saying? It's not even more grueling. You know, you're practicing, traveling, all of this stuff. You're away from your family, your friends, just everything. You know, and then the toll it takes on your body, you know, the hitting and the running and just everything that's, you know, that isn't, uh, you know, that it, that it takes to be a football player, a professional football player at that. And I was just looking at what Vontae was saying, how he's never known a life without football. So I'm pretty sure he's playing from Pee Wee, probably since he was about three, four years old, all the way up to, you know, now being a grown man. And what he said makes sense. It makes sense. You know, I was just tired. I felt like I couldn't get my arm no more. I just felt like I was burnt out. Okay. All right. That's fine. How do you come to this conclusion at halftime of a game that you were just playing in? Now, my thing is, you know what your body is feeling even before you do something. I know before I go to work I'm tired, my knee hurts or my shoulder or whatever hurting or me mentally not being into it. That you're pre gaming for something, you know you're not fully into it. So my thing is when you start something that at that time, finish it. Finish the game. Then you have your honest moment with your coach, your teammates, everybody else, or whatever you know, your family, that type of stuff. But to do it at halftime like that, to me, that's just—I mean, I don't want to call him a coward because it's it, that—that's such a harsh word to me. Like, because I mean, he has played football all these years, so. I'm not gonna call him a coward. I'm gonna call I'm 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 gonna agree with you. You're that's thievery, man. You're you you being a thief. You're stealing money, fans them pay to see you play, watching you on TV to pay uh see you play. Your teammates are dependent on you and all of that. Now, like I said, I'm not blaming him for how he feels. As far as, hey, I can't do this no more. But dude, finish it out. At least finish it out on the field or the sideline with your, with your buddies, with, with, with your teammates. The guys that, you know what I'm saying? That you done sweat and blood and tears and all that stuff, you know, through preseason all the way until, you know, these games in the, in the regular season, which is, you know, pretty young right now. And then to say I don't regret the decision. That's a that's a bigger slap in the face to me. To not to not regret something that that just it was wrong. It was just wrong. He he should be ashamed of himself for 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 what he for how he did it. Not for what he did, for how it was done. Mhm. Nobody's blaming Vontae for saying, hey, I just can't do it no more. It happens. But at halftime, like Monique was saying, you know, Monique do a little joke in there, but she was right. Like, just the, it's like, you know, you working and you just go to lunch and be like, hey, you know what? I'm done. And I, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen at certain jobs I was at. You know what I'm saying? Dudes just be like, hey, I'm about to call me a ride. I'm out. Like, I can't do it anymore. You know what I'm saying? But this is like you play for a whole organization. Everybody's counting on you, all this stuff. And at halftime, dude, you just, you out of there. Like, peace out. It's just, man, like, uh, it, just being an athlete and being around sports and stuff, I just have, I've never seen anything like this. Even even we even go Calvin Johnson, man, Barry Sanders, guys like that. They play the seasons out. They at least play the rest of the games or finished a game. and say, hey, I can't do it no more. I'm gone. Okay. At least, at least you finished it out. This cat just at halftime. I'm through. <laughs> like, like I can't do it no more called his wife, said he called his wife everything. So I just I, I just I don't I, I don't agree with that at all, man. He he was he was wrong for what he did. He was just straight out wrong. He was wrong. He I, he, he should apologize for something. I I mean he's at peace with, with what he did, but he should feel the same in himself. All right, I don't even he talk about
1: the move. He should have moved differently. Yeah. He
0: should have made a like, different move. Yeah, like, I mean, dude, it's a time and a place for everything. Half-time wasn't the time nor the place to yeah. to, to freaking retire, dude. Like like, like, like he said, Vernon Davis, uh, his brother, which is his brother, he plays tight end for the watch the Redskins, told him, you know, I'm you know, I'll I support you, man, whatever. If I was his brother, I would have gotten his tail. I like, do. He probably did. What are you doing?
1: He's not going to tell the media that he got in his ass.
0: But, I mean, no. You know. I, true. I mean, you're you, you right. We, we don't know fully what he did. But he was saying as far as, you know, his brother told him, I, you know, I always support your decisions. or I always support you. You know what I'm saying? That's not really saying that he... uh he agreed with it. You can support somebody, but not, you know, what I'm saying, fully agree with what they're doing. But you, okay, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna stand behind you, right? You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I mean, just, dude, what are you doing? Like, that's, uh, if I was his teammate, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like how Damian Woody was, like he was pissed off. You know what I'm saying? And, and I agree with him. Like, if I was a teammate, man, I, I would have got in his face. Like, what are you doing? Like, dude, this is classless. That's the one I use. It was classless to me. The straight, no class.
1: All right, real quick, before we get off of this and move on to the next, we we still got a lot of show to go. Um Vante Davis in 19, in 19, I mean, Lord Jesus, in 2013, December 26th, tweeted, the people who succeed in life are those who don't quit. Oh. So mm. somebody somebody put, uh, unless you play for the Bills, right, Vontae Davis? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those oh, come back to get you. I'll get you. But let's move on to uh, another messy player. All right. So... One, one messy player to another messy player. Um, well, not necessarily messy, but just, just a little bit. Antonio Brown. Um, so, someone tweeted out the other day talking about, um, Ryan Scarpino says, AB Antonio Brown needs to thank his lucky stars because he was drafted by a team that had Ben Loftusberger, and Ben got A.B. paid. You know, darn well he wouldn't put up those numbers for other teams. Now, A.B. responded and said, trade me. Let's find out. So this trouble with Antonio Brown is just one of many – that has people wondering if the Steelers are in trouble. Has Mike Tomlin lost lost his team? So let's talk about it, uh, Jay.
0: You know, Antonio Brown has, he has shown him and uh, Odell Beckham, has shown how sensitive they are when it comes to social media stuff. Especially Antonio Brown, because he always, like, always responds to somebody that don't really even matter. Like, dude, you you playing in the NFL? Um, you playing for one of the most storied organizations in in the NFL history, dude? Just dead all that noise. Like, like it's it, it's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's all of that. Like it's it means nothing, your teammates are the ones you're playing for, you know what I'm saying directly, then you're entertaining the fans, you know what I'm saying to get them to get them something to cheer for. you're going to have trolls, you're gonna have people who criticize you. you have to be learn how to be a professional and learn how to swat that stuff away now when you respond with Trade me and see what happens. What? What are you doing? You see what they going through already with Le'Veon Bell. He's probably going to start a week with no contract. He he don't want to play. You know what I'm saying? Until he gets the new contract. So he he's already sitting out. Now you cause a ruckus. Y'all done tied with the damn Cleveland Browns in week one. Y'all that got smashed at home by the Kansas City Chiefs, dude. What are you doing? Just last season, you go on Instagram right after y'all y'all win a game, you know what I'm saying, a, a playoff game or whatever. You go right on Instagram and put Mike Tomlin's speech on the whole internet. Hear what he's talking about, all of that stuff. People start criticizing Mike Tomlin at the time. And then they come at you with it. So, uh, I think the Steelers are in trouble. I'm going to hit the panic button on them. Because your running back who's, what, top top three? Top three, um Hugh, in the league? Lady on Bill? Top three back in the league. You don't have him. And it's showing. It's showing how much y'all miss him. So my thing is that's a that, that's a big thing right now. You can't get him to sign. You know what I'm saying? For no, he, he won a new contract. So y'all, y'all, he's sitting out already. Like I said, y'all struggling with Cleveland. Y'all get blew up by Kansas City all that stuff. You got enough issues. You got enough issues. I think Mike Tomlin probably is losing the thing. And I think it's probably by default. Everybody's probably upset. The morale's down. All of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? By no means, is Mike Tomlin a bad coach? <laughs> I don't think he's a bad coach at all. I just think stuff like this sometimes happens. Your team kind of gets, you know what I'm saying, out of whack. And I think that's what's happening. So... And Antonio Browns is adding to the problem, man. He's just, he's irritating. Like, he is. With all the talent he has, he's a crock, but like, he acting like a punk sometimes. Like, he always whiny and bitchy about something. Uh, and arguing with fans. Like, quit arguing with them. <laughs> Trade me and see, man, I'll have him on the block tomorrow. Hell out of here. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> me off. All
2: right, Hugh, what do you tell think? Me. I was surprised uh, to see that melee going on on the sideline, but him getting upset because he didn't have his way. Juju was one of the guys who basically was the one who was being open. Because when you look at AB, and Antonio Brown will be to the point where they're going to look at him like he's a bigger threat and they're going to put more of a double team or they're going to scheme and say, this player is not going to beat me. And it showed in that game. But at the same time, they wasn't scoring it wasn't clicking and my man, Pat Mahomes, went crazy the way he did, stunned them 21-0 and he felt like he wasn't getting the ball enough and that's where everything got nasty. But I definitely know for sure Mike Tomlin lost that Locker room, because at the time when Le'Veon Bell was going through his contract do when other players like the Pounceys and you know other guys on the team had stuff to say about him, Tony Brown said defending him. You know he didn't like the way they went about that, and it's like that locker room's divided right now. A lot of stuff's going on in Pittsburgh. Le'Veon still having the time of his life. He ain't worried about it. He more or less made like little fun and took jabs at down you know, on his um, Instagram page when they tied with Cleveland. And then now they got blew out. And I just feel like it's a recipe for disaster. It's really sad right now because of that organization, you know, and how respected it is. You know, I feel like Mike Connell lost their locker room. But for more of anything, his biggest problem is he's a player's coach. You can't be pounding fists and bumping chests with the guys who you're supposed to be getting in line because now it's to the point where if they're not having their way, you st- they look at you like a friend. They look at you as a coach so they feel like they don't have to put up with you or deal with the junk that you're talking. They don't want to hear that job. And I don't know if you guys wasn't aware of it. Right after the melee, what happened on the sidelines, and then, you know, one of the guys talking, you know, on Twitter or, you know, Instagram and had the comments they said about him when he said, trade me. Right after that, that Monday, he didn't even show up. He didn't even come to the meeting. Wow. So now he's being disciplined for it because my comment has to take back that locker room. So he said he definitely will be disciplined for it. Will he play uh, Monday? Maybe, maybe not. I don't think he's that stupid. He we'll let him play but he said he's definitely going to take on um, discipline for that. But, yeah, it's just really scary right now for the Steelers because we don't even know when Le'Veon Bell to be back or if he will be back. He said, and um, like, you know, before they even had the OTAs and when it came to the preseason. i sit out this whole season if I have to. Huh. And I definitely don't think that he's coming back game three, so – yeah, you know, as good as, um, I feel good story, James Conner to <laughs> James Conner ain't getting no W's, man. So, and that's where it all started at, you know, Levy and Bell, you know, saying, I'm going to hold out until I get my money and now Antonio Brown not happy, kind of lashing out at being. This happened last season too. If y'all don't remember, um, O'Brien Obama's pissed off because he wasn't getting the ball because Le'Veon yeah. Bell was getting all the play. So this has been an issue for a while
1: now. Mm. Mm. Well, hopefully, I like the Steelers. I like being I like money. Um Hopefully, Antonio Brown will stop being messy and the, um, the team can uh, get, get together. But we're about to move on. All right, so sticking, of course, with the theme of football, let's talk college. The future NFLers and the best games of week three. Um, Jay?
0: Um, it was, it was two that stood out to me. Uh, he was, uh, kind of telling me about I was working, uh, Saturday. So I didn't see the, uh, the full game, but I came home and, uh, uh, put on, uh, you put it up on YouTube. I looked at uh, the LSU and Auburn game. And man, that game was phenomenal. Like I haven't seen a game like that since the, um uh Alabama LSU game uh from like about four some years ago. Like four or five years ago when they had um Tyron Matthew and Mark Ingram and um, all those guys playing in that in those type of games, but to see a LSU and Auburn, Auburn game play like that, so tough and it coming down to the last minute like that, like it was just it, it was amazing to watch. And I just love college football for that reason, because everything just I mean these games just have so much meaning to them. You know, like this game could come back and bite somebody. You know what I'm saying? It really could. It could come back and bite somebody. You know, so, um, that was a great game. And then, um, I'm gonna throw in the surprising game, actually, for me, was, uh, Texas, uh, just waxing USC, you know, uh, 37 to 14. Like, no, nobody saw this really coming like this. You know, and USC is a pretty good team. They're not bad like that or whatever. And Texas just put it on them, you know. And Texas hasn't been too good um, these past couple of years, you know, with coach changes and that type of stuff, with losing recruits and all of that. And just to see them pop a uh, perennial, you know, powerhouse and in in a powerhouse in the Pac 12 like um, USC, man, it was just, it, it was surprising to see. So that, those were two games that kind of stood out for me.
1: All right, Hugh, what you uh,
0: what's think of week
2: three? I definitely enjoyed week three. Um, And the two games that came to mind to me was one of the games was definitely the LSU-Arbor game because it was very intense. It had like a really good rugged NFL sense to it, like a good defense of the game and just power running, you know. And I like the ground and pound, and I like the defense on both sides. The Arbor... Was one of those surprising teams who I felt like was going to stay on top and, you know, constantly just do what they've been doing, like a real gritty team who push out wins and a win, close margin games, but depending on their defense. In this game, I thought, well, when it was 13 20, hey, I think they definitely going to pull through with this, you know. Um, Then I seen, I said, okay, they needed to make the field goal, of course. I said, well, this game looked like it's sealed now because they scored the three touchdowns. And it was like LSU was barely scoring. Yeah, LSU got back in the game. And when I found out they won, at first I didn't believe it because one of my buddies told me about it. So then I went back on my college app and to looked and to see how the game ended. I said, man, I got to go home and watch the whole thing through its entirety. And it was everything I thought it would be and then some. Definitely the game of the year. Right now, to me, and my opinion, the other game I like—I well, can't really say I really like it because one of the teams I'm not a fan of is Ohio State and TCU. Really good game at the beginning; they were going blow for blow, you know. And it was like when you seen the game, one team seemed like they had an advantage, and then a momentum shift, but. At the end, you know, you got to give credit to Ohio State. They pulled away and they won a very crucial game against a pretty decent team. I was looking forward to that game, too. But then when, you know, the game kind of got out of reach, I wasn't really too fond of the game anymore. Um, that's the reason why Ohio State's number four and TCU was number 15. Still got to give TCU a lot of credit because they came to play. But um, that was a really solid game as well. Wasn't a solid as the LSU Auburn game, but it was still a really good, interesting game because if you didn't want to to the last minute, you wouldn't know that Ohio State was up by that much because they went blow for blow and it was a good contest, but I still feel like regardless, love them or hate them, you got to respect that organization. You got to respect how well prepared and how good of a team Ohio State
1: is. Huh. All right, okay. Well, let's talk about week four, Preview. Got a lot of games coming up. Um, Hugh, what game are you looking forward to?
2: There was a few I've seen, and I said, man, I'm a little um, happy to see them because one of them was a game at first I felt like it would be a little closer than what it was. But when I looked and seen the score and I seen how bad the score going to be or who they favored, I said, man, I hope it would be a closer game than this because technically it was a top-ranked team. Um, I wanted to see Bama and Texas A&M. I know Texas A&M gave um, a scared to Clemson. You know, that game was really close, and they wasn't even ranked at the time. But the Steve now that they got to play Alabama, I believe they going to um, lose, and, but they said it's like they're a 26-point favorite, but then um, I was looking forward to another top-ranked team, too, and the top-ranked team that I like was um, the Stanford and Oregon, too. I feel like Stanford is not really favored by that much, but I feel like Oregon's trying to get their mojo back, because we all know they were one of the top ten teams every year for a while until um, – the coach left. And with Ted Kelly left, that kind of took a little bit of the recruits away, and it took that X factor from Oregon. But Stanford's a really tough team, and I feel like Stanford could possibly win, but by being in Oregon, I don't think that um people have them being a really big favorite. So I'm definitely looking to that, too, because I like when the ranked teams play each other. Even though the ranked teams they're playing is – In the top ten, I still feel like it's going to be some good matchups. But just period, anything college, I'm gonna watch regardless. But yeah, I just want to really see the ranked teams start playing, and I would be a little bit more interested too when more of the teams in the division
0: starting
1: to play. All right, Uh, Jay.
0: Um, it's a few games that that stand out to me. Uh, The first one that um, I'm going to have my eye on is. TCU in Texas. When I was just talking about Texas not too long ago. How um how they just waxed USC and uh TCU's ranked seventeenth. So and they just played Ohio State not too long ago, uh, which is the number four team in the country. They lost what forty to twenty something. So TCU's going to Texas. It's kind of a rivalry game. You you can you can say both from Texas schools, so it's 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 sort of a rivalry game, but not really um, like that. But uh, I want to see what Texas is really made of because they they're going to have some some tough competition. You know, I'm saying this week some you know back back to back ranked teams for them. Um, We'll see, you know how like how serious they are. You know what I'm saying to compete in that Big Twelve. Um another game I was looking at was uh Wisconsin and Iowa. Um Wisconsin took t- took one on the ten last week. <laughs> they lost <laughs> to BYU. <laughs> they took t- they took they took a tough one. Everybody was saying how overrated uh Wisconsin was last year. And this year it's kind of you know what I'm saying, it's, I mean it's it, It's kind of showing that, hey, maybe everybody was right from last year or whatever, and they didn't finish the season off strong last year either. So now they lose early in the season to BYU. Um, I just really think, like, Wisconsin is really – they – I don't know. They go into Connect Stadium too. So that's that's a tough place to play for anybody. Um, And it's a night game. Like night games at Connect Stadium or uh, They they they're not they're not good. You know what I'm saying? So uh yeah, i I'm gonna be looking out for that one. And the last game I'm gonna be looking out for it's kind of a surprise. Um it's uh Mississippi State and Kentucky. Um Kentucky's three and oh for like the first time since I don't know. <laughs> I don't even I don't never remember Kentucky even starting on one and you know what I'm saying, 3-0, you know, going 3-0 or whatever, and they're playing Mississippi State at home. Um, I do expect Mississippi State to win, but I think it's going to be a tough game for Mississippi State. I don't think they're going to go in and blow them out or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? That's an SEC game, so it's going to be tough. It's going to be competitive. So those are um are the week three – well, week four games that I'm uh mostly anticipating this week.
1: Alright. Well, let's move on to the next one, fella. Alright. So let's let's stick with uh, college football. So it's week three. People are making predictions already for Heisman and people are saying who are who's the best conference out there already in week three. So we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna do it too. They can do it, we can do it too, Prince Um so ESPN expert made a poll, and these are their top five Heisman candidates or contenders. Kyler Murray, quarterback from Oklahoma. I'll just say this. The first four are quarterbacks, so I don't have to keep saying quarterback. Number two is Tao or a- a- K- a- K- a- T.P. T from Alabama. Then we got Will Grier, Greer from West Virginia. Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, and then we got Ed Oliver, a defensive tackle, from Houston. Hugh, do you agree with this, or you got your um
2: Man, I had a few of them that I liked. Um, one of them was definitely um, a team school I don't really too much care for, but I had to give them their props. Um, I definitely like the Bosa kid. Nick Bosa, he's a beast. I feel like he's doing a really good job right now and I feel like he's everything is advertised to be honest with you. I think that right now he probably come out of school a little better than his brother. I think he got everything it takes. I think he's slightly shorter. He kind of favors his brother, but I think he's a little bit faster and he's more elusive because I didn't think DeJoy Buster was going to end up being as good coming into the NFL. And he surprised me with how good he came out, just what he did, his, you know, line of work. I definitely feel like the quarterback from Ohio State has to be mentioned, too, in that same sentence, because right now how they destroying teams, I just don't feel like that when it comes down to it, then you can't leave him out. And Oliver is a really good player as well. I think he might be slightly under Bosa as far as when it comes to the candidate watch as far as the player. But I do like Tua um, Tunga Valoa. I guess that's his name. Maybe, maybe not. His arm, man, it's just weird, too, because of his spin. You know, he got that left arm, actually. You rarely see great left-arm quarterbacks. You've seen the Steve Young before, and it was just like the spin. There's something different about the left-handers. But not only can he gun the ball, he's strong, he got accuracy, he's crisp, he's always on point. I've never seen too many out-of-bounds quarterbacks. Most of them are, as we can say, they were great. System quarterbacks. They're not really doing much in the NFL, you know. You don't really hear that about AJ McCarron. McElroy, he's back in college sitting down, you know, being an analyst for the games. Can't even really think about nobody before that, really, you know. Jalen Hurts, he was really good as far as a spread quarterback. He was average with the arm strength, but you got this kid who can run, he can throw. And he has great vision. So, yeah, um, like Jay said, if they can go ahead and pull out another one, he definitely got the team Right now he's the front runner because how good he is and how bad Alabama are beating teams right now. Like, right now they have the team they're playing as uh, 26-point underdog. At one point it was 26-and-a-half. So, you know, I feel like as far as long as their defense holds up and Tua Tolvilloa play his game, that's going to be a hard team to beat. You said what's his be- name? Man, I don't know. This- I keep, You know, I'm going to just say T-T, T-T. You know, <laughs> It's better for me to say because it's hard as hell to say that man's name. But, yeah, man, he's fun to watch, though. But those are my candidates so far so good.
1: All right, Jay.
0: Okay, um I agree with uh with the top 5 pretty much. Um there's nobody there that shouldn't be there to me. Um the Ohio State quarterback uh Haskins, he's he's pretty damn good. He's he's pretty good. Um I hate to say it, you know, cuz I'm a Wolverines fan. We don't you know, think too kindly of uh Ohio State quarterbacks or players period. Um but to I'm gonna try to pronounce his last name. Uh T- Ta I-, I think that's it. His name T.T. But
1: usually has three <laughs> last names. His name T.T. Nobody <laughs> so, got time for that.
0: So so he, he is the dude is just amazing to watch. Like I love to watch him play football. Um the way he throws the ball, the way he reads coverages is just just awesome. He reminds me of um like a uh, uh, Russell Wilson. Um but I think he's his arm is a little bit stronger to me and he has more a little bit more accuracy than Russell Wilson. I mean Russell Wilson is a Super Bowl champion or whatever. I'm not trying to compare them. I'm just, you know, kind of just giving you who I think he kind of plays like, but um, like I said, if Alabama runs it off and wins the national title, or even even wins the you know the SEC or whatever they do, he, he'll he'll be Heisman for sure. The dude rarely makes mistakes; he really does anything wrong. Like he's he's just he's a phenomenon. Like he came in, you know, in the second half of uh, last year's national championship game. Well, earlier this year's National Championship game. And just I mean, he's forced Georgia. Like if they if they leave Jalen Hurts in that game, they don't win the National Championship. And he throws, you know, a touchdown on the last play of the game in overtime. So dude is just he, he's destined for greatness. Um I, I I got him right now as my high front runner with um Haskins probably second. And Greer probably
1: third from uh, West Virginia. All right, that's what's up. So let's talk about these. Um, the best conference, according oh. to the site called FanSided, um, the SEC, SEC, number one, but a nine and four record. Then the ACC number two with the um, 8 and 3 record. Then we got the Pac 12 with a 7 and 5. The Big 12 with a 6 and 3. And the Big 10 with a 6 and 7 record. Mm. So, do y'all agree with
0: that or not? Uh, Jay? Um, you know, coming into the season, the big team had like, damn near like 16s and like the top 15. You had, you had your, um, your Ohio State, you had Wisconsin, you had Penn State, you had Michigan, you had Michigan State. Um, I can't think of the other team that was up there. But we had like five to six teams, like in the, in the top 15. And the SEC had like four teams or something in the top 25 or whatever. So everybody was saying, oh, the big 10 is tough and all of this and who gonna have to play who and whatever. And like last week, you had Wisconsin lose to a non-conference, uh, BYU. You had Nebraska get waxed at home. By Troy, you had Northwestern lose to Akron. Man, you uh, Minnesota lost. I can't remember who they lost to, but Minnesota lost. It was ridiculous. Like, it was ridiculous. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, damn, Michigan and Ohio State were the only teams that won from the Big Ten last week. And I'm like, what the hell is going on with the Big Ten? Like and and week one, uh, Penn State almost lost to Appalachian State. Michigan State almost lost to Utah State, and that second week they they end up losing to an Arizona State team, who just you know they they kind of they, they like bottle feeders in the in the in the Pac twelve. They just got a new coach everything. I I just I don't know what's going on with the Big Ten. I think right now, as it stands, that that uh, it's between the SEC and the ACC as the as the best teams, uh, well, the best conferences in the uh, NCAA. Everybody thought it was going to be a Big Ten, like everybody, and people just say it's going to be the SEC. Uh, sometimes it's going to be the SEC because of how the SEC is uh is built with Bama and Georgia, pretty much at the top. They're like top heavy with with Bama and uh and Georgia there. But you look at everything under that, it's really nothing else. Like I said, this hit or miss with Auburn. Uh LSU's a surprise this year. After that, nothing there. You look at the big Ten, you have legitimate schools, but I don't know what's going on with them this year. So yeah, I'm gonna have to say the SEC number one and uh ACC number two, big big team is struggling. Like they they, they dragging they they dead leg. <laughs> they just look terrible. <laughs> they look bad. They look bad. Mm-mm-mm.
1: All right, Hugh, what's you think? I definitely
2: say SEC and ACC because um, we were really happy and we were thrilled to see how dominant the Big 10 was when it came to the top 15, you know, out of the top 25. But when we seeing seen how they fell with the teams almost losing the piss-poor teams like Utah State and Appalachian State and teams losing Detroit, man, it's like, are you serious? It kind of make a mockery of the conference right now. And it's just not really good. We had uh, struggled to Michigan. With the game we played, you know, of course, it ended up being a blowout at the end, but they struggled a little bit. And that upset me because I thought that on um, the team they played, they shouldn't have even had no struggles at all. But, yeah, um, like Jay said, with SEC, it's hit or miss with LSU and Auburn. But when you got Bama and Georgia at the top, that's scary. And then ACC got Clemson, and Clemson along puts them in that second place because how dominant they've been for so many years. So, yeah, um, I would like to say Big Ten is a good third, and they're barely hanging on right now. But, yeah, I definitely say those are the more dominant when it comes to the conferences. Yeah. Because Alabama is deadly right now. And then you man. got Georgia, who's still on top of the mountain, too. They're just as good as they have been. I'm surprised they tapered off. But then it's just because how well Clemson's been playing, that's the reason why. But, yeah, man, those are the two conferences right now that, you know, I look at when I feel like who's going to be one of the championship teams in college.
1: All right, well. Uh, no. Big Ten, step your game
0: up. Oh, go ahead, Jay. No, I was just saying, no doubt. I was agreeing with you. No
1: doubt. All right, well, like I said, Big Ten, step your game up. And Michigan continues to do what you do. Win, win, win.
2: Oh, blue. Hmm. <laughs>
1: All right, everybody. So we finished talking about football. Let's talk about baseball real quick. Now we're going to talk about the Baltimore Orioles and how they're on their way to breaking a record. Now, you might be wondering, what record are they about to break? I mean, we hope they don't, but it's not looking good. They're Well, they're about to, yeah, they're about to break a record. That one record set by the St. Louis Browns in 1939, with the most losing this season in baseball history. The St. Louis Browns lost 111, and the the uh, Baltimore Orioles are already at 108 losses. Oh, the, the record is 44 108. There's 10 more games left in the season. Um, maybe they can win all 10 so that they don't, but real quick, uh, they will be in good company because in 1909, the Boston Doves lost 108. In 1937. The St. Louis Browns lost 108. 1932, the Boston Red Sox lost 111. And guess what? And, you know, Detroit did not like to be left off a no-list <laughs> unless it's, like, for good things. But all them messed up records, we there. In 2003, the Detroit Tigers lost 119. <laughs> so. Damn.
2: We getting, we getting close to that again, though. I think <laughs> this is, like, the second season where we lost close to a hundred games.
1: So uh yeah. But that's not the record. In nineteen sixty two the Mets lost hundred and twenty. But we number two. So <laughs> what what y'all think about Baltimore, Jay, you think they got a chance to uh break the record or you think they go, uh, they not not this year. <sighs> okay. I, I, okay.
0: You know, I think when it comes to stuff like this, it's, it's weird because you think in, you know, professional sports, you know, they play at the highest level and that type of deal or whatever, you know, you have your um, – I mean, you, you have your teams that struggle, um, not ran right, that type of stuff. But to look at even even let's go uh, football, you know, Cleveland Browns ain't one of you know, they're trying to win their first game since two years ago. You know, almost two years ago, um, uh, Christmas Eve in 2016. Like, this is a professional team, a professional football team. Then you go to baseball, you look at baseball and Monique just, you know, you just ran them down. I mean, people losing 108, 111, 119 games in the season 162 game season how you lose that many games in a 162 game season like come on man like like I, I, it, it looks like it, it's looking like um because they got i mean they got a few games left you know a couple weeks of baseball left so I, it's, it's to me it's looking like they 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 might get up there with that record man who, who actually has the record? Is, is, is it the Bulls or the, the Tigers? It was the, uh, Mets with 120. Oh, the Mets with 120. Oh my God. We was one away though. We was <laughs> knocking on that door in
2: 2003. I know how bad that team was. I actually gave up on them and I usually don't give up on like a team like the Tigers or someone I ride with, but I just stopped watching their baseball. It was too tough to see, man. My dad was die hard. He watched it when they were losing, and he watched when when they first got putged by Rodriguez when uh, the whole thing just turned around. The whole organization when Jim Leland came in, man. man, it was some ball prayers that we got after that, you know, when the Dave Dombrowski era, but yeah, it was a whole lot of craziness going on at the time in
1: okay. Detroit. Okay, so in, uh, we we're going to go back. Before it was 162 games, it was 154 games in 1899 and the Cleveland Spiders <laughs> lost 134 games. Damn! Yeah. Out of
0: 154?
1: Yeah. Oh my yeah.
0: God! These yeah. was... And these was grown men. Like, look, me too. the crazy thing is, the St. Louis Browns, like, they got the, the lot, uh, they've been on here a lot. 1897,
1: 1898, 1895, eight, 1939, uh, 1911, 1937. Like, the St. Louis Browns, they should have just stopped playing. They, <laughs> They shouldn't even have been around no more. But, uh, Hugh, what's your thing? You think Baltimore got a chance?
2: I definitely think that they have a chance, and I believe they're going to play spoiler, and they're going to get that record because it's to the point now where when I be doing the report on the phone, I'd be surprised that those dudes even win games. Like yesterday when they won, I was shocked that they won. You know, I said, wow, you know, like – Maybe they are trying to fight not to get that record, but to see that they won or whenever I look and see that the Baltimore Orioles win, I'm surprised, but you know, what surprised me the most, they don't have a really bad team too. I've seen a lot of the guys and it was some good players on that team that, you know, for one, I'm Adam Jones, you know, he's one of the better players in the game and to see him over there. And then at the time, they had Manny Machado before he left and went to the Dodgers. You know, they had a lot of good players over there that they're just basically is too fast to get away and say, hey, we'll get rid of these players and we'll try to grab prospects. And Adam Jones actually do not even supposed to really be on the team. I think he had a no trade clause and he vetoed the trade with uh, the Philadelphia Phillies. But, yeah, he don't even supposed to be there right now going through all this stuff. He's supposed to be in the independent chase over there in Philly, but he decided he liked the franchise so much that he still wanted to be there. So he stuck around with this team, but I like what he's doing. He's saying, you know, we win together, we lose together. So that's why he stuck it out. But, yeah, I definitely think that they're going to get there. I definitely think they're going to hit that 119, maybe 120 plateau. I'd be surprised if they don't. But, yeah, I definitely feel like they'll get there. But I definitely know for sure they're going to beat their franchise record in 111. I definitely think they're going to surpass that before this um, baseball season's over. They
0: don't make no. They don't make no damn sense. <laughs> Lose, losing all them games like that, man. Like, like uh, that's and and do you even um. Uh, baseball don't have a lottery, do they? They just go by what, worst team or something or, for the draft? They
2: usually go, they usually go from the worst to the best teams.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, and then the draft is in like the middle of the season. And then a lot of those guys, you know, go to, go to triple A, go play a triple or double A ball. So, I, 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 and you said they ain't had that bad of a team, like what, I wonder what the explanation is. Like, like they just haven't put everything together or, I mean, a hundred.
2: Over a hundred losses, good. man. That's ridiculous. They should have been put that team together because they have a solid team, man. It's like if they ain't doing it now, they ain't going to do anything because, you know, I see guys on that roster, you know, and I'm looking at them right now, like, uh, Miguel Castro, Alex Cobb, you know, I already told you, Um, Adam Jones, they had Manny Machado. They had some really solid players over there and just don't see them doing anything, which surprised me. You know, they had some young rookie guys or some really good players that came up too, like um, Tim Beckham. He was one of their um, prospects who's playing really good. And I even forgot about my main man, Chris Davis. You know, he hits home runs out of the park. And to not see them doing well, and I see some of these players that I'm familiar with, and I'm like, man, what is going on with this team? I've been saying that. Like, something's not right. Something's not clicking with this team. And, you know, not only would surprise me that they don't have just a good team, you know, or solid players on the team. They have a solid, you know, um, coach, too, as well. You know, um, or you can call him a manager. That's what they call them in um, MLB. But um, Buck Showalter is a really good coach. And that's why when I start seeing this going along in the season, I'm like, damn, what is going on with this team? You know, something is just not there. I thought they would have definitely got rid of Buck by now, but um, they might stick with him because, you know, I believe out of all the years he's been their coach, they've been playing really good, and they've been the playoffs consistently ever since, um, show, uh, the walks have been over there. But the problem is they just stumbled this year for some reason. It's just, I don't know. It seems like they gave up.
1: They stumbled. <laughs> they failed. They <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, And that's why they, they got their pajamas on like cam. Like,
0: Struggle or understatement? <laughs> man. Well, you 44 and
2: 108. That's not good. Not in man. Um, baseball.
1: Man. Man, <laughs> <laughs> that's just sad. Oh, man, I'm, I'm tears in my eyes. Oh, For, maybe they'll <laughs> throw a parade like the Cleveland Browns did. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I hope they ain't playing tonight, man. I don't want to even report no more of their losses. No, they're right not now. playing tonight. I was just checking. They're not playing tonight. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't
1: see 'em. No, they playing tomorrow. Okay,
0: that's a win, y'all. That's a
2: win right there. that They ain't playing tonight, so they don't have to
1: lose. <laughs> <laughs> Every day that they don't play is a win. Pretty All bad. right. Okay. Well, they gonna lose tomorrow, cause it's my birthday. Uh oh. Okay. I want them to, I want them to <laughs> get the record. I want them to be in the top of the losses. Yeah, <laughs> I think. and they the Yankees. So. Oh yeah,
2: the Yanks need these games too to um, keep their wild card hopes alive. But being one of the top seeds in the wild card, so yeah, I definitely feel like they need to get these wins. And,
1: but look, and, it's crazy because they say Baltimore is fifth in A L L East, A L East. So the East sucks. They number five. Oh no. So, AL-
2: L.E.'s hey, got the most powerful squads over there. Shit, um, do you know how the Boston Red Sox won over a hundred games?
1: They had they're number five
2: <laughs> because there's five teams in the uh your actual division. Okay.
1: Last yeah Boston
2: um won. over 100. Oh, so 100, 100 games. Yeah, I'm about to show you um their record because Boston is 103 and 49. Which is awesome because that's rare to see teams winning that many games, but they're definitely 103 and 49. And surprising, uh, the second place team is the Yankees and they're 93 and 58.
1: Uh, mm, uh, mm, mm. Okay. Man, well, good luck, uh, Baltimore on, uh, beating the, uh, St. Louis Browns 1939 record. <clears throat> you're really <laughs> All right, let's move on, fellas. All right, so let's talk about boxing. We're going to talk about boxing often because it's not much to talk about boxing. But we're going to talk about Triple G versus Canelo fight number two. Now, Triple G won fight one. Nah, Canelo nobody,
2: nobody won. It was a I draw. I it was
1: a draw. And, and number one, Canelo won. Number two, but did he really win? So, what y'all think about this? Uh
2: Hugh? When I saw the fight, I didn't feel like Triple G even brought it. You know, Um we've seen Triple G destroy people in the past. And I was like, man, this is going to be a super fight. And we were ready for something. And me and Jay discussed on one of the podcasts in the past that we were disappointed in the Pacquiao Mayweather fight. So we was looking forward to that. We said, you know, we're not even going to trip out about that fight because we have the real fight coming up. And I don't think that they delivered like they should. But this time, too, I just didn't feel like Triple G brought it. I feel like Triple G, in this case, didn't step up like he should. He didn't have the urgency. And so that's why I believe he didn't do as well, because I thought, yeah, now Triple is going to be woke up, and I feel like Canelo's going to be woke up. And I thought it was going to be the slugfest we thought from the first fight, But it was like Triple G tried to jab him to death, and he got a, a couple of um, solid stiff blows in in return, but I just felt like Canelo was more aggressive. At, you know, we had a similar discussion yesterday and was saying, mm-hmm. You know, you can't do certain things in the to win a fight. You gotta go out, and you gotta be aggressive. Like in, um you can't lay on the person in the UFC and figure you're gonna win. You gotta have more aggressiveness and you gotta bring the fight to the person. You know, and if you're not bringing the fight, then obviously you're not gonna win. And I just don't think the Triple D G did enough to pull out this fight. He can be mad if he wants. I've seen a few times where he heard Canelo but I just felt like he didn't do enough. If he followed up more, it would probably been a better conversation, or it might have been to the point where we'd be like, well, yeah, you know, they could have another match, which I still feel like they're going to have another match, but I just felt like this time it was more to the point where we could look at it and say it was more evident than Canelo won, because he was the aggressor. All right, can I tell you all the secret? Go
1: ahead. Yes. When I when I saw Triple G, I was like, okay, it's a black guy in the Mexican.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's racist, bro.
1: I mean, Triple G, come on now. Yeah, so it, if, if you ain't know. I, I say, we got chicken wings versus tacos. Oh, no, stop. Like, me, it, it was time. But then I looked, I was like, oh, okay. he's trying to throw people off. Like when, when black people be named Rebecca. What? Like, or, like, my husband's job, the guy named Jerome, he said they always come in and look at, look to my husband. He was like, no, that's him over there. The white guy. Anyway, anyway I was tricked. But it's alright. So, Jay, what you think about this? You think Triple G, uh, have won or Pinello got it right?
0: To be honest, though, no, I've I've been watching boxing for a long time. And um, I think people have lost a a lot of the boxing fans because it is some good boxing fans out there that can uh, analyze, you know, the fight game and stuff like that. But um, one thing i noticed about boxing that you don't really have the – toe to toe fights anymore. Like, you don't, you, 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 you rarely see a, you know, a, 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 a real hard hitting head to head matchup, you know, uh um, uh, Ali Frazier or even a little bit modern day, you know, um, with, you know, in the eighties, uh, Hagler Hearns or Sugar Ray Leonard and, uh, Tommy Hearns or, you know, guys like, uh, Felix Trinidad and, Shane Mosley and guys like that, that, I mean, that, that when they fought, it was legitimate fights. You know what I'm saying? Going on, like the guys were fighting and the judges really had to make decisions. You know, or, or us as fans could really see, okay, such and such was a clear cut winner in this one. And I'm going to tell you who messed it up. They messed it up, and I think they kind of blinded people from um, really the the just just the the competitiveness of the fight game. And I'm a, I'm gonna say that that damn uh, that damn Mayweather, he he done messed it up because it's nothing to me. It's nothing wrong with him scoring points. the The object of of boxing is to, you know what I'm saying, hit and not be hit or not be hit as much as the other guy. Okay? That, I, I'm not, I, I never knocked Mayweather for that much. But the way he fights is such a boring style to the point where it's almost Olympic boxing. You know, Olympic boxing is where they pretty much, you know, fight for points. Unless you just got a bulldog in there. And just knocking people out with the headgear on. You know, just, I mean, just bulldogging people in there. But other than that, they usually, you know, they they fight for points. So, my whole thing is, in this, in, in the first fight, I watched the, I, I didn't even see, at first, I didn't see the first four rounds. Because I was at work. So, I watched the last, you know, few rounds um of the fight. And I said it, within like the 10th round, I was like, it's going to be a draw. I just knew it was going to be a draw because everything just seemed even. Nobody was real aggressive like that. They looked like they was just trying to score points. They were just really kind of scared to like mix it up and, and throw at each other. This fight, you can see Triple G... I mean, it was obvious what he was trying to do. He was just trying to win the fight on points. And everybody was saying, oh, Triple G should the world or whatever. I mean, he was jabbing or whatever. And to a power fighter like Canelo Alvarez, jabs don't bother him. And I think the judges take that into consideration because he was walking right through those jabs. They wasn't holding him at bay. Or it wasn't a setup for anything or nothing. It was just a jab, a jab, jab, and Canelo was coming back with power shots. And I think the judges were looking more f- for that, the more, um, aggressive style, you know, and Canelo fought the most aggressive style and they gave the fight to the more- most aggressive fighter, which, um, I don't, I don't blame them for doing it. I would have did the same thing if I was judging it. I would have gave it to the most aggressive fighter because you're in there to fight. You're in there to fight. You're just not in there to score. This ain't basketball or nothing where you just score, uh, you know, win points. Like, you're in there to, you know, box or punch your opponent to the point where, you know what I'm saying, I mean, people want to see knockouts or they want to see a, you know, knockdown, dragout fight. And it seems like the boxers now are scared to get hit. And I understand, you know, I'm saying the whole thing, the concussions and, you know, the brain damage and stuff like that, but that's what you sign up for. That's your career. So, I mean, I I don't know, man. Fights like this is why, you know, in the Mayweather fights and stuff, is why boxing, I think, is suffering. It's been suffering. It's been losing so much to UFC. And you've been seeing, and you've been seeing a lot of the UFC fighters, the guys who who are um a little bit timid in the octagon and stuff like that. You don't see them for too long. Dana White to tell them, hey, uh, -uh, the people don't pay for this mess. Like you got to get in there and mix it up. Like um, I, I think it was a fight or two ago um the I think he middleweight champ or something, uh Ty Tyron Woodley.
2: Tyron Woodley.
0: Yeah, he he had a he had a horrible fight. The um the crowd was boo boo. I mean just booing him out the octagon. And he got mad at the crowd, like, hey, I'm just I'm trying to win. You know, I'm trying to win. He was winning on points, whatever. And the crowd like, dude, well, hey, we don't we want to see some blood and you know what I'm saying a submission or something. And the last fight he had, Dana White had him talk with him. The last fight he had, he submitted to do the second round. Like people want, that's what people want to see. And that boxing, that's why I was losing this moxie and losing a lot of fans. I don't think boxing would die. I don't think it will die. But I think it's just, it's, it's losing a lot of the luster and a lot of the, the, the fandom because of Nobody gets in there and just go at it no more. Nobody will get in there and fight. So, I mean, it was just a, I mean, it was a okay fight, but it was, I mean, it was lackluster from what everybody would want from these two guys. Cause when they fight other guys, they murder them. You look at what Canelo Alvarez did to uh, Amir Khan about a year ago, you'd be like, oh man, I can't wait for this fight. You look at Triple G done did to his opponents, you go, like, oh, I can't wait. Then you see them fight, you like, oh, come on. <laughs> so
1: lackluster. Yeah, it's lackluster.
0: It's not it's not that big fight. Like you you saw, like, like when you saw uh uh Mike Tyson back in the day, and you saw what Tyson was doing to guys, then you saw what Holyfield was doing, and then when they fought, you saw a fight. Tyson got his ass kicked. But we saw a fight.
1: <laughs> you
0: know what I'm saying? We we actually saw a real fight. So I mean, that's in in a nutshell, man. That's that's the whole thing. I, I think the right guy won the fight. Well, they're talking about game three. So I mean, match three. So oh no, I don't think I want to see that. We'll see if we'll see if that
1: happens. Money grab. So, Right. All right. Let's get to this last topic, fellas. Something to laugh about. All right, y'all. We come to the uh, the WTF section of the show. Everybody know what WTF is and why you say it. So, <sighs> lately, these male athletes, Let me, let me, let me clarify. These African American male athletes have been questionable in their fashion. They have been very feminine and, um, questionable. Now, I understand guys can wear this and guys can wear that. But no, you should not be out here looking like a strong black woman. Like, (laughs) you, like, you got six kids and your baby daddy ain't shit. Because the queen, Russell Westbrook, be out here. But what sparked this is a picture of Cam Newton going up to um, week one. With a whole shawl. It's in his silk robe and his pajamas with his hair tied and all this other stuff. And you know, like the question is what what's wrong? What the fuck? WTF capital Bold Letters. Like, italicized and underlined like <laughs> oh, fellas, y'all what's up? What 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 is this? What is this trend? Uh you.
2: Well, you know, um, most times we'll be on the Internet, you know, we put on our pages and we kind of joke and laugh about how these guys carry themselves, you know, meaning not as far as a professional, as what they wear, you know. I'm a little older, man. I'm about to be 40 soon, and you won't catch me in no stuff like that. It's borderline, um, what can I say? I don't know about the metro trend. It's more of it's not a metro, it's more like a homo trend for me. No disrespect to any homosexuals out there who listen to the show, but I feel like when I was coming up in our culture, in the hip hop culture, what we wore I still wear stuff like that to the, end of the day. You know, I don't wear super baggy pants falling off of my bottom, but I wear pants where it's a decent fit and I don't wear skinny jeans. No tight shirts and none of the weirdo stuff they wear nowadays. That never was, never have been me. I never followed that trend. But you know, when you see a lot of the players and thinking it's cool, you see P Diddy wearing dresses, Kanye West wearing dresses, and some of these other rappers I, I don't even know their name. They're a bunch of weirdos wearing. <laughs> oh
1: pur- yeah, that one guy, huh? Album cover, he was in a wedding dress. Young son. Yeah. So, right.
2: It, cause that's how thugs dress nowadays, you know, I feel like the, the pocket diggy era, man, none of that stuff was even happening, you know, with the knives and, you know, Wu-Tang, you never seen them wearing no, those. you You're know, talking about real rappers, like that. yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know what the <laughs> hell is up with the fashion and what's going on with these guys today. Hey, that's the day style, you know. If you won't catch nobody like that, that's dead in that crap. But yeah, I would just be surprised to see guys who you think are alpha males like uh, D. Wade, Dwayne Wade where that home office uh, stuff, Russell Westbrook and uh, you know, it's weird, you know, that's something I never think I'd be able to get off of to, and I don't let people ride who wear that crap. Because um you more of the feminine than you putting on. You need to come in and go
1: out the closet. All right. <laughs> uh and also <sighs> We can't you don't don't forget to throw uh money money can't read Mayweather up in there <laughs> and his uh rag and boots and skinny jeans with his uh with his big bag with his big purse or LeBron storming out of uh press conferences, picking up his purse before he leaves. That purse. let's, let's make sure you don't forget LeBrenda, because oh, – uh oh. But, uh, Jay, what you think? What you think this train goes fast? And why is, oh wait, this is a both question for both I guess, Hugh, can you answer it real quick? Why do you think that it's only, like, the black, black athletes that are doing this? That you mainly see doing it?
2: That's a good question. I don't know, you know, um, cause I, I've never seen any white athletes wear anything weird like that, you know. I don't know. It's like, um, I guess people feel like, when the younger culture, not our generation, when they wear these things, they feel comfortable in their skin wearing stuff like, you know, dresses and having purses and stuff. But I'm not that comfortable in my skin to do something like that. But to see black men do it is really embarrassing. You know, I mean, I like I said, I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't try to disrespect you if you are homosexual or whatnot. Because if that's you, I respect you. If that's you, you know. But to kind of to be on that borderline wearing those clothes, and then you get upset when people ask you or look at you differently, I and mean, you know you can't do that because you know that's just like me dressing up like a cop. If somebody needs my help, and I be like this because I'm dressed like a cop, don't mean I'm a cop. You putting on that appearance, and people's going to look at that and respect that, or Reflect on that as who you are. Right. Then, I just feel like um the white males don't even want to get close to wearing nothing like that. And they probably looking at a lot of the black males like, you know, understand what we said. I just don't know how it got so popular with the black or, you know, African-American males. That's really, that's really a slap in the face in my opinion.
1: Yeah, Jay, what what you think about this uh
0: unfortunate trend? Alright, before I uh talk about that, Tyrod Taylor just threw a, a spiral touchdown back in the end zone to uh a ghost. It it was a ghost yeah. in the back in the corner of the end zone. Tyrod Taylor just threw a touchdown. The refs didn't give it to him. They said they didn't see the uh the ghost catch it. But um oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> Why point pointing like um, somebody did something? That was intentional. He he four for fourteen for like I, I don't even know how many yards that was, but I I know it just wasn't a lot. But uh, anyway, um, it's you you know what it, it's the, the 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 young kids and I sound old as hell saying that, but the, the young kids call it swag. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like my uh, basketball players when I coached them, or whatever, they didn't dress to this. Like, I, I don't think the swag was this, to to this level, like, um, eight years ago. I, I, I don't think it was to this level, like eight, nine years ago when I was coaching those kids or whatever. But they used to be like, Hey, coach, why you, why you, uh, you know, like that on my swag or whatever. So. I know back in the day, us, like, like Hugh was saying, we, we grew up in, you know, a hip hop culture. We saw guys like Alan Iverson growing up and, you know, we had trends like crisscross, the backwards clothes, um, naughty by nature came out, you know, trenching them with the overalls and all of this type of stuff. And, you know, I mean, we, were, we was cool for wearing that stuff. Now let's go back to like the seventies, eighties. Those cats was wearing Jerry curls. They had their shirts open. You know what I'm saying? They was. I mean, it was. They they was kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? The ladies liked it. That type of thing or whatever. You know. They had the perms. Their hair laid out. They had the you know the 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 boots or the shoes with the heel on it, and, and you know the bell bottoms laid. They was tight in the front, and you know what I'm saying or whatever. You know so. But but they still had a, I want to say a a manly swagger about them, like to the point where the women the women were on them. But these guys just, I, these days, like what Kim Cam what would like um, separate Kim from what he had on from like Monique was saying from a from a woman that you may see walking in a Walmart. I, I saw a woman with that same thing on the other day at Walmart, like the same thing—the little the the shawl or the robe or whatever—with the with the shoes and the everything. Like I was, I was like, damn, Cam Newton—they must, you know, had the same same fashion designer or something because that's what Cam had on the other day. And like you said, Russell Russell Westbrook is he probably the worst. Okay, he probably the worst. Russell Westbrook is terrible. Um, we had a picture of Zeke Elliott. What was that about? He had a halter top on, and with his hair brushed out, I mean, he looked like a little cheerleader. Like seriously, like he pep team or something. So I don't know. I think they call it the that's they swag and that's what they do. I don't see it ending no time soon. It's gonna get worse probably. Like um I remember the episode of the boondocks where they had uh Delicious had the uh <laughs> had had the um the clothing line or whatever and Riley was wearing like the little skirt or whatever and he had the purse. He was saying it was like his little gangster bag and all this junk. And it's like no that's that's what's that's what's happening, like- like you say, LeBron had a little the <laughs> looking like Pinocchio in this little outfit, you know the 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 suit shorts or whatever with the right. suit jacket and his purse. and he had the little purse bag with him, you know what I'm saying, and it's like, dude, and I think a lot of the white players don't do that stuff. Mainly because it's not their trend, like they tried to do the hip hop stuff back in the day, you really didn't see the white dudes like with the you know the um with the swag back in the seventies and eighties you know like like they, i mean you you saw a couple sprinkled in there, you know trying to be hip grew up around black people that type of deal or whatever but like now you you'll see some of the white rappers or whatever glaring. You know, some of the tight stuff, but they, they, they're they sprinkled in there. You know what I'm saying? But the trend is really from us. A lot of that stuff comes from us. You know, a lot of the trends that are made up or whatever that's real hip come from our culture. And now it just so happened to be this swag and tight pants and, you know, who pants tighter you, your girlfriends. Like, it's just... Right. Now, I mean, it's... Uh, I don't know. And, and it's crazy to see our black athletes like that. Just stand up there, just looking, you know what I'm saying, a certain way. And I agree with, uh, what Hugh said. There's not a neck, uh, there's not a, um, knock on the, um, on the, uh, gay community or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? This, I mean, it's, it's, it's not even about that. It's just about the fact that <coughs> straight black men who say they straight, Dress in a certain way and you can't really decipher it you know what I'm saying and you get a lot of dang is he really you know what I'm saying like that or or what have you so I mean I I don't know man I really don't it's it's puzzling they be getting roasted on social media I know they do Cam was getting lit up on social media (laughs) we was lighting Zeke Elliott up Russell Wilson, I mean, Russell Westbrook done got lit up on social media during basketball season. LeBron, all of them. So, it's not gonna stop I and mean, we're gonna keep getting our little entertainment in because we're gonna keep talking about them. So, they'll be on another episode of uh, WTF.
1: Right. bet you
0: that. I-, I bet you Cam Newton is. Watch what he have on, uh, this upcoming weekend. Watch.
1: yeah it's it's, it's ridiculous it's just they out of hand it's it's just too much (laughs) I can't like this but uh yeah man y'all thanks for listening to the show we hope you enjoyed it and we will definitely be back With some more awesome podcasts for y'all. Some more awesome show with your awesome hosts, Jay Hugh and me,
0: Deuces. Peace out, John. Enjoy the rest of your night.